invite you to remain standing this morning for the reading of Scripture out of Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. We read through verse 18. The words of Paul. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed throughout the world. For God, whom I've served with my spirit by announcing the gospel of his Son, is my witness that without ceasing I remember you always in my prayers asking that by God's will I may somehow at last succeed in coming to you. For I am longing to see you so that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, or rather so that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as I have among the rest of the Gentiles." I am a debtor, both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. Hence my eagerness to proclaim the gospel to you also who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith, as it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. Let's pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us hear with joy what you say to us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody like me and watch the movies and the television show Lassie growing up? Anybody else? I used to love the show and the movies. And the boy was always getting into some sort of trouble. And Lassie would always be the one to go for help. And did you ever uh, notice that somehow the dad could perfectly understand what Lassie was barking? Did you ever notice that? It was the weirdest thing. But you know, that's besides the point. The dog... Lassie was committed to that boy. She was loyal and always there for him. So what is faithfulness? Faithfulness is hanging on to what is dearest to us and committing our lives to it. Lassie was committed to her boy and everything she was about was protecting and committing her life to that boy. Today, we are going to conclude our summer-long worship series on the fruit of the Spirit. And we conclude it with the fruit that is faithfulness. As a final reminder, by fruit of the Spirit, we have defined that as those actions which show evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. And today, we conclude the series by asking the question, is there really more to faithfulness than just belief? Is there really more to our faith than just believing? So let's start by defining faithfulness. There are so many great definitions to this word. Uh, Definitions like absolute trust, confident hope, belief in that which cannot be seen. That reminds me of the interaction between Jesus and Thomas post-resurrection where Thomas had to have evidence to believe that Jesus had been raised from the dead and Jesus 
said to him, Blessed is the one who believes but has not seen. And so there are so many different ways to define faithfulness, but for the sake of our context today, this is the definition that we're going to work with. And for those of you who follow along each week, um, there is a sermon outline inside of the bulletin for you to follow along if you're trying, ever trying to quickly write notes. Hopefully you don't have to. Hopefully I hit all the points that you try to write in that outline in your bulletin. And so some of these points are written in there for you to follow along so you're not having to quickly jot them down. But the definition I want to use today for our context of faithfulness is this. Maintaining belief or allegiance. Showing a strong sense of duty conscientiousness, trustworthiness, and steadfastness. That's a lot of nisses, isn't it? <laughs> Maintaining belief or allegiance, showing a strong sense of duty or conscientiousness, trustworthiness, or steadfastness. Faithfulness is commitment to a relationship with God and a commitment to a relationship with our fellow human beings. Faithfulness is seen in that, uh, uh, that loyalty, that devotion, that service that we first witnessed through Jesus Christ. And we first witnessed it through Jesus because it's a reflection of God's own faithfulness to us. One thing we have seen throughout this entire series on the fruit of the Spirit is that each of the fruit we speak of is a characteristic or an identity of God. We love because God first loved us. God is love. God is joy. And we continue that today. We have faith because God first had faith in us. God is faithfulness. You know, in spite of our, as humanity's continued efforts to be ripped apart from God, to create separation between us from God, to create a rift, the devil continues to create rifts every day. But despite all of this, God's love and commitment to us has never faltered is not faltering and will never falter. Someone say amen. amen. The commitment of God's faithfulness to us has only gotten stronger and God's commitment to faithfulness with us will only continue to tighten. I want you to hear Romans 3, chapter 3 out of a Bible translation called The Message. This is Romans 3, 3 through 6, and I want you to hear it out of the translation that is the message because it says it so beautifully, wonderfully, bluntly, plainly about what it is that God has and is doing for us. So listen to Eugene Peterson's version of Romans 3, 3 through 6 from the message. It says, So what if in the course of doing that some of those Jews abandoned their post?" God didn't abandon them. Do you think their faithfulness cancels out His faithfulness? Not on your life. Depend on this. God keeps God's word even when the whole world is lying through its teeth. 
Then Paul quotes Psalm 51. Your words stand fast and true. Rejection doesn't phase you. But if our wrongdoing only underlines and confirms God's right doing, shouldn't we be commending, commended for helping out? Since our bad words don't even make a dent in His good words, isn't it wrong of God to back us to the wall and hold us to our word? These questions come up. The answer to such questions is no. A most emphatic no. How else would things ever get straightened out if God didn't do the straightening? Do you like that translation of Romans 3, 3 through 6? That's pretty much in your face as it gets. Who would do the straightening if God didn't do the straightening out? Sisters and brothers, the greatest example of God's faithfulness in this lifetime, in this history, in all of history, is the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There will never be a greater example of faithfulness in the world. Folks, Christ, Jesus, is how God did the straightening out. Jesus is how God straightened things out. Through Christ, God made it possible for that separation, that gap that humanity has created with God to be bridged and for us to be connected again. Through this, God demonstrated just how great God's faithfulness to us truly is. How much do we mean to God? Enough for Him to come as the Son Jesus and go all the way to death on a cross just for us. That's how much we mean to God. God is faithfulness. The question then becomes this. Are we ready to trust our lives totally to God? And are we willing to do whatever is necessary to commit to our trust in God? Are you with me? Are we willing to do what is necessary to commit to our trust in God? Faithfulness is believing in what God has already done for us and living out that belief by staying connected to the Holy Spirit. Faithfulness is a commitment to hang on to the Holy Spirit. It is a commitment to live out all of the actions that show evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. Faithfulness to place all of our trust in God's faithfulness and in our faithfulness to God is a commitment to live out all of the fruit that we have been talking about to this point. It is a commitment to live with love. A love that is shown by Jesus that comes only from God. A love that is self-sacrificing and unchanging. A love that was demonstrated first by God who sent His Son for us. Love forms the foundations for all of the other fruit. It is a commitment to live with joy. Joy is an inner rejoicing that abides despite outer circumstances. It's a characteristic that actually has little to do with happiness and can exist even in times of unhappiness. 
It is a deep and nourishing satisfaction that continues even when life seems empty and unsatisfying. Joy is a relationship with God through Christ that remains even in the deserts and the valleys of life. Faithfulness is a commitment to live with peace and inner quietness and a trust in God's sovereignty, a trust in God's justice, even in the face of adverse circumstances. Peace is a profound agreement with the truth that God, not us, not us, remains in charge of the universe. Someone say amen. Faithfulness is a commitment to live with patience. Patiently putting up with the people who continually irritate us. The Holy Spirit's work in us increases our endurance with the rest of the world. Faithfulness is a commitment to live with kindness, acting charitably, benevolently toward others as God did towards us. Kindness takes the initiative in responding to other people's needs. It's a commitment to live with goodness, reaching out to do good to others, even and especially when they don't deserve it. Goodness does not react to evil, but absorbs the offense and responds with a positive Christ-like action. Gentleness, humble, considerate of others, submissive to God and to God's word. Even when anger is the appropriate response, as when Jesus cleared the temple, gentleness keeps the expression of anger headed in the right direction. Gentleness applies even force in the correct way. And finally, the last one we talked about before today, faithfulness is a commitment to live with self-control. Self-control is a mastery over sinful human desires and the lack of restraint that comes with those desires. Ironically, our sinful desires, which, which promise self-fulfillment and power, inevitably lead us into the direction of sin, of sin and bondage. When we surrender to the Holy Spirit, initially, we may feel as though we have lost our control of ourselves. But God leads us to the exercise of self-control that would be possible to achieve with our own strength. A commitment to live with faithfulness to God is a commitment to live with these. When we are faithful to God, then we are committed to keeping these actions at the front lines of our lives. And by doing so, we are declaring freedom from the bondage of sin and evil that is present in this world. This means that we are at war with evil every single day. And the fruit of the Spirit is our ammunition. You know, to the world, this language of war and ammunition... That's no longer politically correct to use, is it? 
it's no longer seen as the right language. We're, we're supposed to, to calm that language. But, but by not using this as our language this morning means we are not keeping true to what we have committed to being faithful to do. Being faithful to Christ is a daily battle. It's a daily struggle and is with Satan sometimes all out warfare. Have you experienced it? This is also staying true to the language of Scripture. And it's true to keeping with the words of the songs of encouragement that we sing each and every week. Fight the good fight with all thy might. A mighty fortress is our God. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war. Forward into battle, see his banners go. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Soldiers of Christ, arise and put your armor on. I could go on, but I promise I won't. And there's a reason I didn't sing those lyrics. Roy is mouthing, thank you. But here's the question. Do we really understand what we are singing in our songs each and every time we sing them? Do we understand the words we are saying? And are we ready to take action in accordance with the very scripture that we read and the very songs that we sing? Or do they just become mundane, routine actions that only come in here and go out there and never seem to take shape in here? For this kind of battle with the forces of evil, we need the kind of commitment that that author Tim Bowden spoke of in one of his books entitled One Crowded Hour. Tim Bowden talks about a group of Gurkhas from the country of Nepal that were asked if they would be willing to jump from transport planes into combat against the Indonesians if the need arose. The Gurkhas had the right to turn down the request because they had never been trained as paratroopers. Now, this is quoting Tim Bowden. Now, the Gurkhas usually agreed to anything, but on this occasion, the, they provisionally rejected the plan. But the next day, one of their NCOs, or commanding officers, sought out the British officer who made the request and said they had discussed the matter further and would be prepared to jump under certain conditions. What are they? The officer asked. The Gurkhas told him they would jump if the land was marshy or reasonably soft with no rocky outcrops because they were inexperienced in falling. Seems reasonable, right? Was there anything else? The officer asked. Yes, said the Gurkhas. They wanted a plane to fly as slowly as possible and no more than 100 feet in the air. The British officer pointed out that planes always did fly as slowly as possible when dropping troops, but to jump from 100 feet in the air would be impossible because the parachutes would not have time to open. Oh, said the Gurkha's commander. 
you didn't mention parachutes before. <laughs> Folks, that takes commitment. That takes faithfulness to be able to jump not realizing they had a lifeline attached to them. Folks, God is our parachute, our lifeline. And the strings that are attached from the parachute to each of us are the fruit of the Spirit that we are called to be committed to hang on to. Now, true or false, we are all perfect, and we're going to do all of these perfectly. False. We are all created differently, folks. We are all gifted differently, and likewise, we are all fruited differently. There are some of us that can spend a lifetime trying to master even a couple of these, and we will never get there. But while we cannot ever be perfect in our actions in this world, there is one thing we can do. We can seek perfection. We can try our hardest. Seeking perfection means using whatever we have for the glory of God. It means always trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. It means always giving 110% to living out our belief in what God has done for us. Yes, folks, there is more to faithfulness than just belief. Faithfulness also includes putting those beliefs into action. We do that by doing whatever is necessary to stay connected to the Holy Spirit. And we do that through the fruit that are the gifts by which God has blessed us with. So how are we staying faithful to God today? How are you as individuals staying faithful, committing to living a life guided by the Holy Spirit today? How are we as a church committed to doing that together? And how can these fruit define how we are living our lives? Folks, when people witness God in you, lives are transformed. People can change. And God, then, is the ultimate one in control. How are we living out the way that we are called to live? With a commitment to the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel message for all of us today. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.